Welcome to the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast, where you will learn how to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around and operate mobile home parks. And now, here is your host, the fifth largest mobile home park owner in the United States, Frank Rolf. So you're looking at buying a mobile home park, but the records are terrible. Purple crayon on a sheet of paper, that's all they have for accounting. Or maybe they have massive amounts of vacancy. You just sense something is not right about the way this park is being managed. This is Frank Roth, the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast. We're going to be talking all about when there's smoke, there's fire. Issues that typically stem from really, really poor management that you need to be aware of so you don't get caught short as far as your budgeting. Let's first look at things above ground that we can see. Typically, if you've got a poorly managed park, you're going to have some basic things that are going to be terribly, terribly wrong above the ground. The first, in the park-owned homes themselves. If the park has park-owned homes, which perhaps it does not, but if it has any, then you're going to probably find that that poor management extended into those homes. There may be huge amounts of deferred maintenance in them. The worst of all, ones which have had lots of water intrusion. Need to go through the homes and make sure there weren't any leaks in the roof, leaks in the hot water heater, leaks in any of the plumbing, because the bad manager never fixed those, and the leaks went on for years and years and even decades. And as a result, a lot of times your flooring is rotted. You may even have black mold growing in the walls. So the first thing to look for when you have a property that is poorly managed is has there been a lot of water inside the park on homes? Because if there has been, it may be, you'll have to actually destroy those homes. You may not even be able to be salvaged. Also, watch for homes that aren't exactly park-owned homes, but aren't exactly tenant-owned either. These abandoned homes that often fill some portions of the poorly managed park. Mom and pop lost the resident at some point, but never went through the legal hurdles to get that in the name of the park. You'll have to be doing that. So on every home, make sure you either can say, A, this belongs to somebody and there's someone living in it, or B, that it belongs to the park itself and there's either someone living in it or someone who is not living in it. But that third category of home, which we don't know who owns and no one's living in it, that will take you quite a bit of time and trouble to obtain a title on in some states. So make sure you have that already accounted for. Next, the electrical. Assuming it's not a master metered park, you'll still have electrical issues often in the poorly managed park. Look for signs of scorching. Look for signs of plates missing off of the breaker boxes. Look for issues with drop poles that are broken or bent. Typically, mom and pop, you didn't care anything about management, also did not manage their electrical system well at all. You'll want to have an electrician go through the entire park, lot by lot, taking notes on anything he sees that appears wrong or dangerous. Remember that you will be found responsible if there's something wrong with that park's equipment regarding electricity, and you certainly don't want to be in that position. Also, look at the roads. Typically, the mom and pop park that is poorly managed also has roads in very poor condition. They may have been patched in a very superficial manner, but never really properly, never really professionally. Moms and pops with poor management skills often like to just pour air drying asphalt in the holes that they buy from Home Depot or even Walmart. It doesn't really work. It looks like asphalt and it is black, but it cannot hold any form of pressure. All it takes is one car tire. It basically starts squeezing and oozing out of the pothole. So make sure that you walk those roads carefully and make sure that you know the kind of condition that they're in because roads are very, very expensive to fix. Underground, there's two key components that we normally see on the park that is poorly managed. Number one, the water lines. 
The water lines typically in mobile home parks are either galvanized metal or PVC. They're always galvanized metal with these poorly run parks. And that's okay because almost all parks began as galvanized metal since most parks were built back in the 50s and the 60s. However, good park owners with galvanized lines, they go in there and fix the leaks when they happen. Moms and pops who are poor managers never fix the leaks. So the park probably has a very high water bill. You have to bring in American leak detection to find those leaks and fix them and budget accordingly to fix those leaks. But on top of that, you may also find that when mom and pop did fix the water leaks, they did a terrible job of it. I once bought a park and we started springing water leaks on almost an every other day basis when I first bought it. Because we came to find out that what mom and pop did was they did their own plumbing repair and they didn't know how to do it. So they would dig down to the leak, they would turn the water off, they would wrap rubber, literally rubber, like something that you buy at the hardware store. I don't even know why people buy rubber. It looks like a, looks like a, a what would be the tread of a tire. They would wrap it around the pipe 10 or 20 times and then take baling wire and wrap that around the pipe about another 10 or 20 times. And that was what they considered a fix. Of course, it's not a fix. And even if it did stop the water to some degree, it would blow off after a while as soon as that wire starts to corrode. So be very, very careful. You've allocated enough to make water line repairs. Same with sewer line. Oftentimes, mom and pop never wanted to spend the money to fix sewer line that was in bad repair. So as a result, you'll have to bring in a rotor router and then cut the tree roots out of the line or make any other repairs needed. You may have to run a camera down that sewer line just to get a handle on where those problems may be. And there may be quite a few. We've bought mobile home parks before from the poorly managed perspective, only to find that we had leaks everywhere in the water and disruptions everywhere in the sewer. And it is very, very frustrating. Remember, one of your primary duties as a park owner is to provide uninterrupted utilities. You can't do that when the water lines keep springing a leak, which lowers the pressure, nor can you do it when your sewer lines can't drain because there's some kind of giant clog or collapse or root intrusion in the pipe. Now, the good news on the sewer is typically once you fix it, it's probably fixed for a lifetime. While the water line is typically galvanized metal with corrosion, so you'll be working on that frequently, the sewer line is a little different. Normally, the sewer line materials, thank heavens, from the poorly managed parks are older, so they're normally clay tile. And clay tile is a great product we can work around. Orangeburg, however, is a terrible product, but typically came in later in life. So should you run a camera down the sewer line? I wouldn't if there have not been evidence of leaks in the past and backups. I talk to the city and see if they've seen that. As you walk around, look for evidence of backups. It can typically be little tiny pieces of what looks like paper, which is actually toilet paper in the yard around that sewer clean out. So if you don't see it, if the city says they haven't seen any, then you may not have to do the camera. But just be aware there probably are things lurking down there in the sewer lines that you will have to work with. Finally, on the residents, we see two main items that residents suffer from when there's poor management. Number one, lots and lots of unpaid rent. Someone called me the other day with a deal they were looking at in which the unpaid rent was almost 40% of the entire gross revenue. So what's going on when you have month after month a park where 40% of the tenants do not pay their rent? What's going on is they never enacted the law known as no pay, no stay. Mom and pop took partial payments, made payment plans, and often if they really liked the person, never even asked for them to pay at all. I've seen residents who have not paid four or five straight years who are still living there happily and don't even know there's a problem because mom and pop never wanted to mention it to them because they were either their friends or they were afraid of them. But you can't do that. So when you buy the park, bear in mind if you've got lots of unpaid rent, 
you have to not only enact no pay, no stay, but you have to budget for the fact you may lose some residents. And while that may be painful, it will be necessary to get your collections back to where they need to be. The other item, which is very obvious when you first drive the poorly managed park, are the rules violations, because you see them everywhere. Cars, non-running cars in yards, giant appliances laying in yards, maybe a pit bull on a chain in a front yard. While mom and pop saw no problem with this, you certainly would and should, because that's going to preclude you from getting any kind of good debt program from a real bank or a nice appraisal or a nice buyer down the road. So remember, you'll have lots and lots of rules to jump over and to solve. You'll probably have to get your insurance company involved on those dog issues. You'll probably have to get rid of all the trampolines, all the pools, all those various items. And don't forget that as you do this, you may lose some tenancy. It's very, very possible. Many residents will say, I don't want to live in an environment where the new owner isn't like mom and pop because I really enjoyed not paying my rent. I really enjoyed having three non-running cars in my yard. And there are some people who do think that is the utmost in life, but it's not going to work for you trying to do the utmost and being a good park owner and manager. So you need to budget appropriately to lose some residents, but it's necessary for the overall community good. Now, what's the bottom line of all these various items? The bottom line is that you need to budget accordingly. You have to give yourself a whole lot of safety cushion when you're looking at buying a park that is poorly managed. It's more than just the fact that it's got a lot of vacancy and you say, well, I'll have to buy a lot of homes to bring them in to fill those vacant lots. More importantly is you're gonna have to come out of pocket with a lot of money to fix all this deferred maintenance that mom and pop never did. And you don't wanna be caught behind the eight ball. You wanna make sure that you have budgeted an appropriate amount to handle those items with the electrical lines and boxes and the water and the sewer and particularly the park owned homes and the roads and trees and all those various items. So you wanna make sure you have the correct amount of CapEx already budgeted for, but you also wanna make sure you have the correct amount of potential income loss budgeted for. Because as you enact no pay, no stay, and as you enact no play, no stay, you're going to soon find that some residents simply will not tolerate it and will leave, and you have to make sure you budget it accordingly. So always make sure when you buy that poorly managed park, you do not cut things too tight. Now, when you buy a well-managed park, a stabilized park that still has upside in the rent and upside of filling vacant lots, you often can budget pretty tightly and still be okay because the general business itself was being properly run and managed. When you buy those parks that are massive turnarounds, just always make sure that you've got plenty of safety cushion because you typically will need it. A lot of the things that mom and pops do that create the bad management spill over into many other areas of the property. This is Frank Roth, the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast Series. Hope you enjoyed this. Talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast. Be sure to visit us at mhpmastery.com to subscribe to the show, read our show transcriptions, and access all of our great information on mobile home park investing. 